Welcome to tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I am your co-host Brian Bosard, as always, with my co-host Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 42 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 37 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. And we are knee-deep in the first day of free agency as we're recording this. We've had some major trades since last week go down, so a lot's happened to change the NFL Draft landscape and where teams will be going. We'll be getting into that, uh, all that tonight we sure will we're going to come back we're going to we're going to talk about some of the big free agent signings that are going to alter the draft uh alter the draft landscape in just a few minutes maybe not all the we'll, we'll hit the big ones uh, for sure yeah. but uh let's start with some trades that involved draft picks in this draft class shane because you with the seven round mock draft coming up on monday kind of need to know this information so we're gonna we're gonna hit those trades uh, really quick. Get a quick thought on those. But uh, the big one happened maybe not long after, maybe the, like the day after we did this podcast last week. Uh, Khalil Mack uh, traded from the Chicago Bears. The edge rusher moves on to the Los Angeles Chargers, and Chicago for in exchange for that gets the Chargers' second round pick in this year's draft and a sixth round pick in the twenty twenty three draft. Shane. Uh, seems like all the good players are moving from the NFC to the AFC. Well, we, we're going to see some heavy competition in that AFC with, with a lot of good quarterbacks. And if you want to be good quarterbacks, you need pass rush. So Khalil Mack on the move for the second time. I, th- I think it's a solid move by the Chargers. Um, definitely was a need and a consideration around one. Now they don't need that pass rush or really open themselves up. Yeah, it's going to be a nice pairing with him and Boza. There uh, almost opens them up to maybe getting that uh, interior pass rusher, perhaps uh, at seventeen, or or looking to the offensive line. But uh, it definitely, like you said, opens them up. But that wasn't the only trade uh, that involved a playmaker this week. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, Dallas having to shed salary because of that Albatross Ezekiel Elliott contract they have uh, is dumping Amari Cooper to Cleveland. And they are appear to be swapping sixth-round picks in 2022 as well as a fifth-round pick in 2022 goes to Dallas. So they're basically they're going to swap spots in the sixth round, and Dallas will pick up an extra five in exchange for Amari Cooper. What's your thoughts on this one, Shane? Uh, we'll get your thoughts here from a fantasy and uh, NFL draft perspective. Yeah, I mean, fantasy not great. Uh, Cleveland not the not not ideal um, for for receivers at this point, especially now with potential for Baker Mayfield that, to move that on. That could change though in, in the next forty eight hours. I, I I almost it doesn't matter too much to me. Like it'd be nice, you know, even if they get a Deshaun Watson. I mean, I, I still think Cleveland they're going to be a run first offense. So um, I think for Amari Cooper it gives him a chance to be that wide receiver one. They cut Jarvis Landry. Uh, soon after that uh, and yeah I mean Dallas gets barely nothing for a guy they paid a first round pick for that can't feel good even if it was a money move that's that's not great no uh, last trade we're going to talk about here uh, I didn't make a graphic for but uh, Tampa Bay acquires guard Shaq Mason uh, from New England Uh I essentially to replace Alex Kappa, who they lost uh, to the Bengals in free agency. Uh, in exchange, they get a fifth-round pick, New England does, in the 2022 draft. Uh, thoughts on Shaq Mason to Tampa Bay? I, I think it's a nice replacement for a cheap price. Uh, you know, they didn't have the fifth-round pick. What, are you going to get a starting guard in the fifth round? Once again, it kind of changes the trajectory. Yeah, it changes the trajectory. I think they were in the market in the first round for Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green. Now you open things up. You can actually address that secondary, address that defense. It gives them some real possibilities in terms of the draft instead of having to focus on, hey, we got this huge hole we got to fill. So I, I really, really like that deal for Tampa. And if you're New England, I mean, you probably weren't keeping him around long term anyway. You might as well get something for him, and uh, they're going to be rebuilding the, the trenches there a little bit uh, in the Patriots. Sounds sounds like that is indeed what they will be doing in Boston. There, uh, all right, Shane. We're gonna we're gonna take a more fantasy centric approach tonight. We're gonna talk a lot about skill players, and uh, so won't you introduce our next guest? 
Yeah, we, we are bringing in my co-host uh, over at the Devi Marketplace. So if you want a, a fantasy-centric podcast, you can subscribe to the Devi Marketplace. Uh, Kane Fassell, who is an awesome guy. We have fun over there um, on the Devi Marketplace on our Discord. And super knowledgeable. We talk Devi fantasy football, fantasy football, and all that. And Kane is uh, such a great analytical mind, uh, fun mind, and has uh, excellent food takes you know, you can always get his love for peanut butter and the Wisconsin um, Badgers as well. So just kidding. He's he's a Minnesota Gopher fan and he hates peanut butter. That's 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 the intro for Kane. Did you like that? I don't think I've been more personally attacked multiple times. <laughs> just at, just at, coming on as a guest to a show. Has anyone I've, ever I've also heard that you like snow. Uh, Kane, is that true? Like, I I like snow for like the first like two months, right? And the, I live in Minnesota, so like I'm I'm used to it, right? But past two months, like God, that snow gets daunting. Like three things, Shane. First, you say yeah. I like peanut butter. I absolutely hate peanut butter. Hate the Wisconsin Badgers. Also, you called me an analytical mind, which that was three strikes, and I'm just about <laughs> right. Uh, look, I, I, I think I don't, I know like when we, 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 you're not a numbers guy. Uh, I'm not either uh, as you know, that's why we have, we have our, our boy Nelly over there to do the numbers stuff. But I do think you have a, a brain to analyze the world and life philosophically. I, I feel like that is your, wheelhouse. Oh, that's fair. I so, that. so, you, you know, you're very esoteric if that works. I don't know what that word means, but I'm going <laughs> to He's an English major. He was an English major at college as well. That's true. Yeah, that's good. But thanks right. for joining on, man. I mean, it's, it's nice to catch up with the outside outside our podcast. And new yeah, 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 yeah. So. All right. So uh, we joked off air that you were going to break down this entire linebacker class uh, top to bottom, but we all yeah, that was just a joke. Uh, we're we're going to stick to the offense. Kane and uh, well, there, Brian. There are linebackers in this class. There are linebackers. That that is uh, breaking news. Breaking news: There will be a linebacker drafted in the 2022 NFL Draft. Maybe I'm not, more than. One. I'm not 100% sure I can name you two. That's fair. I I think the one I have in my head might not even be in, in this class. Might not even be a linebacker. Let's, let's try. <laughs> let's, let's try it out. Who who is it? I'm I'm gonna go with Christian Harris. Yeah, he is in this class. And he is from linebacker. Alabama. Yeah, look at that. Good Ooh. job. Please don't ask for another one. <laughs> All right. So normally uh, I would start off by talking about the quarterbacks here, but I don't want to. We will, but I don't want to right now. I We, we did a poll. Uh, Shane put up a poll on Twitter, I believe it was yesterday, asking who would who is wide, number, the number one wide receiver in this class. Uh, we, we had Traylon Burks, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, other as the choices. Uh, Garrett Wilson won 43%. Uh, with 43% of the vote. I basically, in my big board that I released uh, this week, I have all five wide receivers stacked right behind the other 21 to 25 on my board. I can't separate them. So, Kane, separate the top five wide receivers in this class. Um, I I think the top one is clear for me. Everything after that kind of gets hairy. Right. I think from from a pure fantasy football standpoint, I, I don't think you can have anyone other than Garrett Wilson, especially as we fully shifted to PPR leagues. I don't think you can have anyone other than Garrett Wilson as kind of your top wide receiver. Now, is he going to be the most exciting wide receiver on the football field day in and day out? Probably not. Right. When we have a guy like Traylon Burks, who in his own right at Arkansas, right, extremely versatile. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily versatile, but he can play all over. Um, but the things that he does, he's very good at a few things. Very, very good at them. So he's my number two running my two number two wide receiver. Um, I love seeing all the all the uh, support for Drake London. I because I remember, you know, a few months ago, like before the season even started, where I was like, Shane, he's gonna be really good this year. And then people like he's not he like he's fine. I said, No, he's gonna be really good. Like He's going to be Mike Evans, right? He's going to be the Mike Evans of college football this year. 
like Mike Evans was his last year. And was he? 100% yes, until he got hurt. He was an exceptional wide receiver. Now, the, the big thing with Drake London is that, you know, people like to see clips and like to think that if there's a defender even near someone, it's a contested catch. Like, Drake London is more than just a contested catch wide receiver. Yes, he can win down the field and in contested catch situations because he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, right? So he should win that if he has a vertical higher than like six inches, right? Like, just realistically with his wingspan and everything, right? Um, but he's a lot more than that. He's, he's a really special player. Um, at four, this is where it gets really hairy for me. At four, I have Jamison Williams. Um he's a tough one for me because we've seen just so many people in that same vein not pan out for like fantasy football but really important for nfl football right you need someone really fast that can stretch the field really really well it does a whole lot for your offense but for fantasy football purposes like it doesn't do a ton um and then five for me is now chris Olave. after after the combine like chris Olave was like anywhere between that five through seven for me now he's firmly at five um, because he's very fast, and I think an NFL team is really going to want that. The only question is that Chris Olave is never going to be the number one receiver on an NFL team, but he's going to be a really, really good second receiver on a team, and it's going to make the rest of the offense work really, really well. So, okay, let's switch gears over to receiver because uh, actually our top five, our top five receivers uh, line up. So I'm going to switch away from that and go to running back. Okay. Um, I'll kind of ask, I think the elephant in the room in the fantasy community. And I think for a lot of the NFL draft community after this combine is, is Brees Hall a first round pick uh, the running back from Iowa state, you know, can he be a top tier NFL running back with what he's done in college and you know the athleticism he showed at the combine. So is he a first-round pick? Like, you guys would know better than me if he's a first-round pick in the NFL draft. I would say no, right? Jonathan Taylor wasn't a first-round pick, and he's better at just about everything than Brees Hall. The only thing that Brees Hall is a little better at is he can just work in his own offense. Like, Jonathan Taylor could, but, like, it's not his strong suit, obviously. Um, like... I don't see him as a first-round talent, especially if if people like Shane keep telling me that this is one of the best defensive drafts that we've seen in a really, really long time. Um, the value just isn't there to have a fifth-year option on a running back. It's just not anymore. Um, and, and we've seen more and more that large running back contracts um, have made negative impact for the NFL teams. Right? Like, look at Zeke, look at um, like even the Panthers are in it a little bit, right? Granted, they have a lot of space, but Christian McCaffrey takes up a good bit of that. Um, granted, he's a lot more special of a running back than, than Zeke is, but we've seen it time and time again, right? We're signing that running back to, to a bloated deal. You can look at Minnesota, right? They have five players, five or six players that are making more than $10 million, which is one of the most in the NFL. And we wonder why like the Vikings are in it such a cap crunch. Um, so, like, all of that adds up to basically say, like, no, it's not worth it spending a first-round pick on a running back because the replacement value is easier to find. Um, and the other question, I forgot what you asked. Can, can he can he be a top-tier, like, NFL running back? Does he have that kind of potential to be in, in the more upper echelon, I guess? Like, sure. That's It's not about potential if you're, you know, a top what eight running back in fantasy football it's not about potential it's about touches right and if any running back is going to get the Najee Harris workload right he's probably going to be a top running back you could have given a lot of different running backs the Najee Harris workload and they still would have they might not have given you the same output but they still would have given you a really really good fantasy football season like James Conner did it for multiple seasons in the exact same offense and he was a league winner, right? So it's not it's not necessarily like can he like will his talents allow him to be a top running back? It's will the teams allow themselves basically to give that many touches to one player? Um, let me 
let me piggyback off the the Brees Hall is he a first round pick question. Who at the back end? Because let's let's be honest, it wouldn't be in top twenty ish, right? So, what teams picking in the back end of round one would you even think that would even come into the conversation with? Um, so here's the deal, right? Everyone is going to say uh, the Bills, but like I don't think the Bills waste a first round pick on a running back because they're smarter than that. Um, like uh, people still want to say that Miami might not be done at running back, even though they've they've now signed multiple um, running backs now. So I I don't necessarily see them taking Brees Hall. Like I guess they could, but that'd be dumb. People are going to want to say that Kansas City takes Brees Hall. Um, I think you're going to see that see that as well. You're going to see probably Brees Hall to Tampa Bay at some point. Um, but realistically, I don't think any of those teams are going to take a running back. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So, no. so you're telling me it's the, basically teams that take a running back late in round one, maybe the last year, let's say, are not super smart to have done that? <laughs> As a Steelers fan, no, I'm not exactly thrilled. Still, I like Dodger Harris is great, but I'm not thrilled that they went that direction in, in the first round. Yeah, I, I, no, I, I didn't think Travis Etienne should have been a first round pick either. Right, right, but, but they both went, so it, it, it's really confusing to me. Um, I forgot he was a first round. Pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian already like, wrote him into the second round there. So you know, like it doesn't make sense that these guys are being drafted in the first round. But but you know, I realize teams are going to do stupid things. Like Tyus Bowser went in the first round, so I guess like you know, no team's incapable for making a terrible pick. Um, but I think as especially knowing what's on the horizon in twenty twenty three especially at the running back position, I doubt a lot of teams are going to be just completely gung-ho to use their first-round pick on on a running back when there's potentially we're going to have like three or four of them, three or four running backs that could be potentially be first-round picks next season. So let's, let me ask you about the QBs then. Um, you know, you play in a lot of super flex leagues where you can start yeah. two quarterbacks in fantasy. Uh, this is a quarterback class that isn't, super exciting uh in terms of the high-end talent like last year where we had guys going in the, in the top three top four um what you know if we have listeners that maybe even play in in redraft leagues they want to take a chance in fantasy on one of these quarterbacks as rookies or for the future you know what kind of things are you looking at for in terms of fantasy success and, and does that usually translate to nfl success if that makes sense yeah, the biggest thing that that translates more than any other thing is is the rushing market share from college translates to the rushing market share in the NFL, right? So if one thing translates that we know of, it's like if they run a lot in college and they're effective at gaining yards, they're probably going to do the exact same thing at the NFL, right? That so that that's the biggest correlation that we have of of any statistic. Um, you said I was analytical, and I say that I'm not. And then here I am, just quoting statistics to you. Well, look, um, you're, you're bringing in the 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 advanced analytics on us. I love it. Yeah. So, so basically, what what does that mean, right? It means that Malik Willis is the best rushing quarterback we have in this class, and there's a very good chance that he's going to go in the first round. I would say it's probably close in the 90s that he goes in the first round at this point, right? Barring something happening like it, it would have to be catastrophic would have to come out for him, for him not to be a first round pick right um who he, he'd have to laramie tunsil right to, <laughs> that, that <laughs> for, was for a wild draft um so so i think that uh, that tells us that malik willis is, is probably has the best chance for fantasy success um and and you might say, Kane, he's probably, what if he doesn't start year one? Like, I, that actually doesn't matter. 
right? Because if we're just accruing value on, on our fantasy football teams, Malik Willis isn't going to lose value because he sat for a year, right? It's the exact same reason why Trey Lance actually went up in value and he sat for an entire season. Sure, we got to see him play for a game and a half and he hurt himself, but like, it's not like he did a ton. And it's not like the game that he played, he was exceptional, right? So it, it basically tells us that it, it doesn't matter if you sit for a year. That's actually not a big deal. Um, running matters a ton. So I care about guys like you know, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, who has a really great arm as well. Um, I think this is, this is one of those years, especially in fantasy football, where we're going to see kind of quarterbacks kind of slide down because there's so much uncertainty at the point of who's going to go in the first round and who's not. Probably the most uncertainty we've had at the quarterback position in terms of first-round picks for quite some time, probably. Um, maybe like since like 2014 that, that we've had that much uncertainty, just not really knowing what's going to happen. Um, but, but overall, right. Quarterbacks matter more than any other position. Like, just like they matter more in the NFL, they matter a ton in super flex leagues. Um, that's why it was created because the quarterbacks needed more value. Um, so you're going to have a ton of value at the quarterback position. So this is going to be a great time. If you're looking to, you know, to get quarterbacks, you're going to get them later because people are going to select wide receivers over them and you're going to take the quarterback. Then you're going to be able to trade the quarterback for the wide receiver plus as soon as they start a game, right? It's a tale as old as time and it's going to happen over and over and over again. Um, so the best value you can find in your rookie drafts is probably by drafting a, any of these quarterbacks that go in the first round, especially late in the first round. Um, so you mentioned the rushing number as the only thing that correlates. So that would be that tells me that's positive news for Sam Howe. I, I think it is, right? Um, for fantasy production, yeah. I, I think I think the most curious thing, right, is is the amount of offensive linemen that returned to North Carolina and then all of a sudden couldn't block from, from 2020 to 2021, which probably is the most curious thing in all of college football. Um, they returned four out of five linemen and then all of a sudden four out of five linemen just forget how to block like they did the year before. It's really weird. Um, but overall, I think, yeah, I think he's a solid prospect, especially when we um, are, are in this period of we. there's teams that are looking for just a game manager plus, right? Um, I, I think the biggest disagreement that we that most people have with NFL teams is that we want our NFL team to always be the absolute best, right? We want them to win a Super Bowl. And yeah, that's the goal of of everyone in the NFL as well. But GMs and owners are much, much more okay being, you know, eight and nine, nine and eight, which still seems weird to have a 17 game season. Like those numbers still don't match up in my head. I always want to say eight and eight or nine and seven. Um, but they're much more okay with being that than being three and 13 for two years, right? And getting a good pick and developing a quarterback and then being really, really good for, you know, eight, 10 years. Um, there's a lot more money in the consistency of some winning than the possibility of earning more money in the future. Um, so I think as, as NFL teams continue to operate like that, Sam Howell is going to find his place in the NFL. Um, now the question is how many, how many quarterbacks are going to get drafted in the first round? No clue, but you know, got to think probably at least four. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be interesting with all this movement, too, of, you know, teams yep. that we expected to look at it, getting guys, and are they happy? Um, can you just give me a, a sleeper at each position? Give me, like, a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, tight end, a rookie, you know, that you, like, may not be a first-round pick, but someone that you think, hey, could produce, maybe not as a rookie, maybe even down the line, that uh, that you like a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure there's anyone at the quarterback position. <laughs> like, that's fair that's fair <laughs> anyone but carson strong i guess would be my my choice <laughs> um the guy Ouch. that had negative 300 rushing yards in his career so that's not going to translate also apparently he's just terrible on the on the board yeah which i suppose if you 
watches games that makes a ton of sense since, since he can't even look look off a of safety so like i guess that makes a ton of sense um at, at the running back position like i i never know what's a sleeper anymore right because i feel like you know everyone knows every name at this point but one running back i think for fantasy football purposes um one running back that i think is going to be successful probably because he ends up getting day two capital though i've been told for two and a half years that he sucks is zamir white like i i don't think that there's been a, a running back in the past two and a half years that has been as disrespected by an entire debbie community as zamir white literally one of the best running backs coming out of high school right absolute stud ends up tearing his acl sure sucks there's another ACL and you're like, all right, this is no good. And then he's at Georgia, doesn't get a ton of carries because, oh yeah, they also have really, really good running backs always, right? And it's not just one good running back or two good running backs. They have a, an entire collection of great running backs every year. Um, but he kind of led everyone for a few years, right? Like he's a really good running back. Um, and he's really, really safe. And then he ran the 40 and people like, oh, he's fast too? Yes. Like, he's fast, he's athletic, and he's just about as safe as a running back as you can get in terms of what he can do with the ball. Um, so I guess he would be my sleeper. It sounds absolutely boring, but he's going to end up being like a late second round pick by the time rookie drafts come around. Um at wide receiver like i know shane you and i've talked about him before but i like eric azukanma a lot like give me the speed give me the height give me the length like i'm not sure if he ends up going day two but i think he ends up being like a round four pick that people are like oh like why didn't i pay attention to him it's like well he never had a quarterback in college so he had one for a short time his last year, right? We had Tyler Shuck for a short time until he got injured. Um, and Eric Ezekanma was one of the best wide receivers statistically in college football during that period, right? He's a good wide receiver at Texas Tech. So he's he's probably my choice there. And tight ends, who who cares? Like, it just doesn't matter. You know, grab the athletic one. Jelani Woods or whatever his name is. Brian will like that. He's a big Jelani Woods fan. So I, I am. Take that. Well, that that brings me up into the last thing I want to talk about. Uh, all of the tight ends. We haven't gone deep into that just yet. Uh, Shane, he's quit. He's just give up. His highest ranked tight end isn't even in the top 70 of his big board. Uh, my highest, I have one tight end in my top 50. That's Isaiah Likely. And that's likely not going to change uh, unless he just completely bombs his testing at his pro day. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at with the tight end class as well. So, uh, Kane, uh, how, how are you on these guys? Well, I wouldn't say they're like the best class ever, but I think you have some really, really solid players that are going to be really important role players on teams but when we look at it from a from a fantasy football perspective i only care if they get drafted high right the the correlation of of fantasy success drops off a lot after round one which it's like 70 80 percent in round one to, to having you know really good production in the nfl to like 15 ish percent i think 15 to 20 percent somewhere in there for like round two so not great um and i don't think you know, if someone told me that it, one of these tight ends gets drafted in the first round, I'd be utterly appalled. Like it would, I think that would be as surprising as, like, you know, someone telling me that they ran a sub four forty. You know, so like, more, more surprising to you, a running back or a tight end going in round one? Tight end. Because, like, you can at least make the case for Brees, Brees Hall. You can't make the case for any of these tight ends. Like, I know the Trey McBride fans put on these rose-colored glasses and think that he's 
like Kyle Pitts light somehow, but he's not. Like he's he's an okay tight end. Um, that that might have some success. But but overall, I think it's really really rough. Like I still have Jalen Weidermeyer as my tight end one. Like it doesn't feel great, but he's probably the safest. Um, you know, I want to see a lot more of those numbers. Has he had his pro day yet? He has yeah. not. So we're so waiting. That, yeah, I I think that'll be important. I want to see what that forty time is. If you give me low four sixes or like high four fives, and it it's giddy up town. Like, as long as we can avoid a 4.7, you know, at 265 pounds, then, like, it makes a lot of sense why he would be my tight end one. Um, on tape, he seems faster than 4.7. Um, but, you know, tape and, and 40 times don't always match up. But he's probably a top five blocker at the tight end position in this class. Um, very good blocker, super athletic tight end. Um, so he's he's a guy I like. If you need if you need that blocking tight end, look no further than Co Keeft, baby, University of Minnesota, <laughs> number two ranked blocking tight end the entire season. So I'm sure good. I'm sure teams are lining up to draft that. Yeah, and like granted, it's like round six, round seven, but like. Some team is going to be like, this guy blocks well. And, like, you always need that guy, right? It's the reason why the Vikings had Rhett Ellison on their team, which for what felt like 60 years, right? Like, it's a valuable position. Um, it just, for fantasy football, it just doesn't matter. The Bengals drafted it in the second round a few years ago. It was so valuable to them. Well, you know, some people miss for a while and then they draft Joe Burrow so so it's fine look Drew Sample's your new starter in Cincinnati so you're good he's 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 the man <laughs> uh okay well, well, thanks for uh thanks for coming out man thanks for taking the time yeah. and hanging out with us I appreciate it dude and um once you let the people uh the people know where they can find you what you're doing what you're up to yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Devi underscore Kane. Um, yeah, you can find me at the Devi Marketplace. You can find me uh, on the Discord. So make sure you check out the Discord. There's almost 500 people in there for the Devi Marketplace. An absolute great place for, you know, talking redraft, talking dynasty, talking C2C, Devi, NFL draft, anything. Um, there, there's someone there that that's ready to uh, talk about that. So make sure you come and join. It's an absolute blast. And that's where Shane and I spend. Well, that's where I spend most of my time. And and uh, Shane spends a good amount of time in there, too. Um, that's where you can get all of our analytics, Debbie rankings, all of that stuff. Rookie mock drafts, Debbie mock drafts, everything um, is, is all in that spot. So make sure to check it out. Yeah, it's a good time. I'm in there as well. Uh, Kane, man, thanks a lot for coming out. Joe, like Shane said, joining us and uh, – it's always always fun going come popping on your you use guys uh my uh podcast as well. So thanks thanks again for coming out. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah. See you, buddy. So we got a little fantasy, uh little fantasy talk in there. Yeah, look at look at that. Look at that. We're we're expanding, you know, if uh if you if you want to play it in those dynasty leagues, the C two C, the Devi leagues, you know. Hit us up. We'll, we'll get you in. It's a good time, I promise. That's what they say. <laughs> someday, Brian. So I'm getting you in Dynasty League at some point. So don't so, worry. Someday. All right, Shane. Uh, we, we touched on it briefly. Uh, been a lot going on, and we're not even going to be able to close to recap all of these signings. So let's just hit a couple of the big ones that we know of. Um. Von Miller, about two hours ago, signing a huge contract with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, something like six years, a lot of money anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the AFC, as we said earlier, it just seems like it's just loading up. Everybody's got – they coming after the champs, I guess, and hit attacking their weaknesses. I think it's interesting, right? Because I think from and someday we'll 
discuss this or you know post something on the site but i think the trade last year for the rams to trade for von miller giving up a second and third wasn't worth it like you won a super bowl you know that was kind of the goal but without resigning him now the bills like you said backload you know truck truckload of money hopefully a backload of contract six years 120 million for a guy that's 32 um, but I think that's an interesting piece to this. And the Bills, boom, cross one thing off the list that they don't need. Their pass rush is going to be pretty darn good. Uh, and I'm not sure if anyone – the quarterbacks of that division, not going to hold up well uh, against the Bills' defensive on Miller's on. Like Mac Jones, Tua, and um, Zach Wilson, I don't think are going to do great against that pass rush couple of teams in the AFC North have done quite well uh, through the early part of free agency. One of them is your team, uh, Shane, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Today, add Miles Jack and uh, talk about that signing and uh, the other, their other moves so far. I like the Miles Jack signing. Jaguars cut him two years. He's probably, you know, it's a contract. If he's not healthy, he's not good. They can cut him after a year, but he'll probably start uh, next to Devin Bush. For now, Joe Schobert's still there. He'll probably get cut, who they traded for from the Jaguars last year. Uh, and then the offensive line got beefed up. James Daniels, who I know was someone you were interested in for your Bengals, um, signed by the Steelers to play center guard. They signed Mason Cole, brought back Chooks Okafor. So um, I think the interior run game, the inside run game, is going to be good for Pittsburgh. And, you know, Mr. Mitch Trubisky, the new starter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, I still like Mitch Trubisky. I'm still pulling for him. I had him fairly high in my rankings that year and hasn't looked great uh, upon reflection, but I'll, I'll take it. All else fails, fresh tactics, they say. <laughs> Keep uh, trying. Baltimore Ravens got better. Uh, in addition to the 40 players they had on injured reserve, all seemingly coming back uh, healthy, they add their old friend Zadarius Smith, Bring him back on a three-year deal uh, has been with the Packers. Uh, Morgan Moses uh, coming in to play right tackle uh, for the Ravens. And Marcus Williams, uh, the free safety center fielder that the Ravens always seem to have. Uh, They now have one of the better ones out there. So uh, not good news for the rest of the AFC North out there, the Ravens seem to be bulking up. And I think they still can look at another offensive tackle in the draft. I don't think this precludes them, maybe not in round one. Uh, but, you know, what this does is it, you, you're not forced into a position now. Now they can look maybe a corner. They can look, they have that pass rusher. You know, they can look at uh, a different position. I mean, I, I don't think the Ravens have a ton of huge glaring weaknesses anymore after this free agency. And that's, you know, that, that's kind of what you want. So you can use the draft and get the best players. You know, I saw on Twitter, I, I wish I remember who it was now, but they said you see a lot of these teams and the Raiders are one of them because they've signed Chandler Jones. Uh formerly of Arizona after the, and today they did a player for player swap trading Yannick Ngakwe to uh, Indy for Rock Yassin, the corner who's been okay, I guess uh, so far in his career, solid, not great. Um, But this seems to be opening up a lot of with the chargers uh, maybe uh, as well as the Raiders and some of these other teams spots that, Maybe we would have mocked receiver two, but didn't because they had more pressing needs. Uh, is this opening up receiver in that middle portion there of round I one? It, I think it does. And I think it, you know, we've seen a lot of mock drafts and um, I, I feel like Brian, maybe, maybe you at some point, I really haven't done this. And maybe, maybe I will on Monday having like a, a sixth receiver, having Jahan Dotson from Penn State in there, having George Pickens from Georgia in the first round. I think this opens up that possibility for these teams to – it's a good receiver class. Let's, you know, let's let's address it. And I think it's what made um, – and sorry if I'm jumping the gun in your free agency talk, but I think it's what made what the Jacksonville Jaguars did, paying huge money to Christian Kirk, slot receiver from Arizona uh, Cardinals, and then – 
you know, Zay designed Zay Jones to a pretty decent deal. Um, like this, this is a really good receiver class. Like you don't have to do this. You have a lot of picks. Like don't, you don't have to do this. And I think a lot of these other teams, like you said, they realize, okay, pass rush, offensive line. Those, those are positions that are tough to get, even in a good class. It's tough to get impact players year one receiver. We can find that. I, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's from over the cap tweeted out today. So the Jacksonville Trent Balky is personally respond, just personally handing out uh, 2023 comp picks with every contract he goes out. It's, it's just, it's hilarious. Um, before we get to speculation, um, the other kind of big free agency signing, uh, was the Saints and their Doctor Strange-esque uh, cap guy who just seems to just open up a portal and cap space comes out of it. I don't know how he does it. Uh, Marcus May, uh, twice franchise tagged safety from the Jets, seemingly replacing Marcus Williams here. So this is almost like a swap off uh, of safeties there. Um, is this a plus, minus, or indifferent move for the Saints? I think it's a different move. I mean, they needed to do it. As you said, they were pretty much in cap hell, and then they just kicked all – they created $80 million in space. It doesn't, like, go nowhere the next two – they're now in cap hell for the next two years, so they're going to have to kick that money down in the future even more. At some point, like it did for the, the Steelers last year, it catches up to you. It's it will like, well, come due at some point, right? I mean, but yeah, I feel like, like we've been saying that for, like, six straight off seasons now. The bill is eventually going to come due for the Saints – and it just never does. I mean, look, you can keep kicking it down the line. Like, you, you could do that. But, look, at some point when, when you don't or can't or the players won't or something happens, then, you know, all you need is one thing to go wrong. But, hey, I, I'm just – I'm kind of surprised that they're doing this. And maybe it's for Deshaun Watson, why they freed up a lot of that money. But they, uh, they've they made some other signings too. So, they, they're they're trying over here. We're going to get to Deshaun Watson in just a second. That's but right. his current team, the Houston Texans, uh, extend Larry B. Tunsil, who we had heard that they would be tra- would would have on the trade block as well. That's obviously not the case now. Uh, as he tweeted out the great clip from the Wolf of Wall Street, he's, he's, he's not going anywhere. You know, we're a PG show, so I'm not going to, you know, go the whole clip. <laughs> to play that one. It's it's a great it's one of it's it's a top ten movie for me I think but anyhow, uh, <laughs> Larry Tunsil staying, uh, which leads us right into uh, Deshaun Watson and that is literally almost what's got free agency at a standstill here because you know Teron Armstead the uh, offensive tackle from the Saints free agent seems to be in a holding pattern on where he's going to sign because. Obviously, you know, if Deshaun Watson's going to go to ends up in New Orleans, he may want to go back there. Um, so right now we seem to have, was it four, three? Let's see, four candidates. Uh, Carolina, who I think is who we've long expected him to be there, but they seem to almost be fading at this point. Uh, New Orleans, who a lot of people think, is where he's going to end up. Atlanta, who seemingly jumped in yesterday, but I'm not unconvinced that they're not they're just not in it to drive the price up on Carolina and New Orleans. And then all of a sudden the drama in Cleveland, which obviously is good news for us, but you know, unless he actually ends up there, then it's bad news for us. But uh, Deshaun, uh, Cleveland is, is, is jumped in there now, which is seemingly win, lose, or draw the Watson sweepstakes. Um, Baker Mayfield is, is probably on the way out. So, yeah. A lot, lot to unpack <laughs> there. I think Atlanta's legit. I mean, Deshaun Watson's from the Atlanta area. So I, I think there's a legitimate interest maybe from him to go back. I mean, the reports are that, all four teams he's interested in all four teams they all made good pitches whatever um i i still think 
it's going to be an NFC team. Like, I, I don't think the Browns are going to get him. I think it's just going to be very difficult to kind of pull that off. And, you know, Houston apparently has approved all, all the trade packages from each team. But if, if they have any say, I think they'd rather ship him to the NFC. Um, so, yeah, and then Baker Mayfield probably is on the outs with that team. I, I don't think it's a bad thing for Cleveland. Like, Baker Mayfield is fine. He's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's never going to be. And so I, I, I'm always – I'm the guy that says I would much rather give up early on a quarterback and let him go and try again and, you know, try to get that franchise, real franchise quarterback. I, maybe that's what they're – you know, they're they're cutting bait. Um, and I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I could see him going to Indianapolis, you know, them making a deal, maybe, maybe – the Cleveland's in play for a quarterback in round one. That could be the case. Um, I still think, I still think Carolina has a good chance. Um, I feel like new Orleans is probably where he's going to end up going. Like, I, I just don't think they would have set all this up just in case, you know, just in case, like, I think they feel fairly confident. I think they're going to end up getting him. Um, and, you know, you have Michael Thomas, you have Alvin Kamara. Like, it's not a bad group to be around if he does end up there. But whoever gets it, um, if it's one of those NFC South teams, I think they become, you know, tit for tat right there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, right when that happens. Atlanta seems like year one is the worst situation because their roster is so bad right now. Um, and they would obviously be eating that. 40 plus million dollars on Matt Ryan's uh, dead money hit, but 2023, they're going to have over a hundred million dollars in cap space uh, if they were to take that hit this year. So it would almost seemingly be a punt on this year's with their roster and its current state. Um, With that being said, you know, for this whole thing to go about, we have to kind of talk about last Friday, Deshaun Watson had all of the cases against him uh, dropped in criminal court, um, but there's still 22 civil cases out there against him. And just because you're not found guilty of something in criminal court doesn't mean you won't be found. It's it's Actually, it's a lot easier to prove guilt in civil court. Am I correct in that, in that uh, line of thinking? The, the burden's different. Basically, you just need kind of 51% instead of, you know. Unanimous. 100% essentially. Um, and with that being said, he also almost assuredly would still be facing a suspension from the NFL. Um, so maybe it's not the worst thing in the world for Atlanta because, you know, you're probably not going to have him for six games anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's fair, and uh, it's interesting. And uh, the the rumor is that Houston might not even get a quarterback in return, right? They might be comfortable with what they have, so this might open up another team to have a quarterback that we didn't expect. If if it's a Matt Ryan, let's say someone's going to sign Matt Ryan and probably not, you know, not have to invest in a, a rookie or a young guy. Um, breaking news here from Adam Schefter: uh, the franchise tag is off Chris Godwin. Uh, Tampa Bay three year sixty million dollar extension for Chris Godwin. Wow, there you go. Good. So uh, breaking news Tom, there on the Tom draft. Brady getting it done. Tom Brady come back getting it done. Um, so before I uh, leave Deshaun Watson, Benjamin Albright tweeted earlier today that there could be a fifth team emerging here, and he was kind of I don't know what do you call it. Uh, mysterious about it but saying basically it's a an east coast team uh would be that other team that would come into play i'm not sure who that would be um i i, I will be thoroughly surprised i, I if it's don't not one it. of the teams we've talked about I, right yeah now. i don't i don't um so like you said the fallout of other quarterbacks uh pot like if it goes to atlanta matt ryan becomes an option uh obviously baker mayfield is also going to be an option regardless of whether Watson ends up in Cleveland or not, I think he's out. So the two, the two biggest benefactors on that almost seemingly are Indianapolis and Seattle, right? You, you would expect one or both of those guys to end up maybe in both of those spots. Yeah, and then if, the let's Rockwell. say it's yeah, yeah, let's say it's Seattle. I mean, then I think things now you're just looking at like Cleveland, 
and maybe still Pittsburgh. And, you know, I think it really just the first round, I think these quarterbacks could fall a decent amount more than people think. This is just, and we talked about it last week with the Russell Wilson and uh, signings and everything. This is just further and further and further putting more more uh, shovels of dirt onto the grave of the 2022 uh, quarterback class. It, it, it's going to be wild. There could, there could be four quarterbacks. There could be two. Uh, and I, I have no idea. I have no, I'm going to have no idea my mock. I, my final mock, I'm going to be like, I don't know where these quarterbacks are going, and then just completely guess. So. Um, all right. So we'll – We'll uh, we'll table free agency discussion this week. Spoiler alert: We're probably going to talk about it again next week. <laughs> um, but let's talk about some pro days. And you talked to me off there uh, that you were, had no idea about anything that happened today on the pro day circuit. When there's really only one that mattered. Oh, there was two, maybe if you count Minnesota. Uh, Kane's not here to defend them now. But uh, <laughs> Georgia, of course, the big prize today, and. Um, We'll start by who didn't work out, and that's Nicobe Dean. Uh, potential first-round pick did not work out at the combine. Only did position drills here at Georgia's pro day today. No word if he's even going to if he's going to have another pro day later, or if we're just going to he's just going to punt on testing uh, this offseason. Oh, I, it's not a good sign. Like I, he's not hurt, I, to to my knowledge. If he is, then that's fine. But I, I tweeted he for, from the draft countdown account. Um, you know, he's not big. He should be an athletic freak. He's on the Bruce Feldman freaks list. Like everything should be good. Why, why are you not working out? It only tells me that something's not good there. And if he's small and he's slow and he's not as athletic as we think, that's that's a big red flag. And that's not something that teams will invest a first round pick in a linebacker. So he's another one who I think his value, you know, he could go mid first, he could go mid second. I wouldn't be overly surprised. Um, that to me is going to, could possibly get him drafted below one of the other Georgia linebackers. And it wouldn't surprise me at all at this point, if he goes behind Channing Tindall or Quay, uh, Quay Walker. And let's talk about those guys because, they both did almost full workouts at the combine, but they didn't do the shuttles. Well, they did the shuttles today, Shane, and um, they were quite good. Um, Channing Tindall, 20-yard shuttle, oh, um, 4.03. Oh, wow. <laughs> for Channing Tindall today yeah. in the shuttle. Quay uh, Walker, uh, uh, that went with a 7.223 cone. For uh, Tyndall, that one not as good as the shuttle, but um, still quite good. Yeah, still solid. Uh, Quay Walker, uh, twenty-three reps on the bench. Four-two-two shuttle, seven o four three cone for Quay Walker. So not bad. Um, and we were talking about Zamir White earlier. Uh, the only thing he didn't do, or he he didn't run the three cone today. Uh, but a four-five-nine shuttle for uh, for Zamir White, and a four-six-two shuttle for Devontae White, who did not do that at the combine. Interesting. Yeah. So I mean, pretty pretty solid all around for the rest of those guys in Georgia, kind of as expected. I mean, maybe maybe even a little better than I thought for some of those numbers for uh, for the linebackers. Yeah, so Quay Walker, uh, he's going to likely finish with a 9.65 Raz and Channing Tindall just ahead at 9.7. Which are Those top are notch elite, numbers. Elite <laughs> athletes is what 90, that is. 97, 96 percentile. Well, let yeah, me tell you about picks. the one Georgia player who is not an elite athlete, apparently. And that is probably because he, didn't, he wasn't been at Georgia the whole time. Clemson transfer, cornerback Darian Kendrick, very great ball skills, great cover man. I think we're not we're not going to take that away from from his tape. And remember, that is the most important thing. But he did not test 
well at all, Shane. Um, he didn't do the uh, shuttles at all. So just pass on those. Okay. When I read you off these uh these numbers here, you're gonna you're gonna understand why he probably just quit. Uh 10 yard split for a six foot, two hundred and five pound cornerback. One six three. 40 yard dash, four seven five for Darian Kendrick. And this is a guy that was a former receiver. I mean, he came into college as a wideout. Four seven five is not vertical yeah. of thirty one inches. Oof. Broad jump nine foot six. Um. Darian Kendrick a two one nine. Raz, which is poor. Yeah. These are day three numbers for Darian Kendrick. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've, I think. I think he. I think he was already on that bubble. Like, I'm not the biggest Darren Kendrick fan. I don't, I don't think his tape is, is is as great as it seems. And this, it's bad. You just can't. He's not going to be a number one corner in the NFL. And I think that's tough to take if you're not taking an elite nickel or a, num- a potential number one corner. You're probably not taking those guys in the top 100, especially in this draft. I 100% agree. Uh, last Georgia player we'll talk about here is George Pickens, who you briefly mentioned could end up being the sixth wide receiver, maybe at the bottom of the first round. Um, ran a 4-4-7-40 at the combine. Um, did not do any of the uh, shuttles at the combine. I don't have any numbers if he did them today. I have not seen those. Uh, he did redo the vertical and only picked up an inch and a half. He had a 33 vertical at the combine up to 34 and a half. So still not good. Not great anyway uh, for Pickens, but that appears to be the only thing he redid uh, from the combine to the pro day. Uh, last player we'll talk about here on the pro day circuit was at Minnesota's pro day today. I still haven't seen any numbers on Daniel Falele who didn't work out at all at the combine. But Minnesota edge rusher Boye Mafe did work out at the combine, and uh, it was quite good. Quite good. I think we uh, we are in agreement there. Yeah. But he uh, redid his vertical today at the uh, pro day, where he had 38 inches at the combine. Uh, just decided I'll do that again. 41 and a half inches. Jeez, Louise, man. Oh, you, didn't have to, you didn't have to improve on that, you know. You didn't have to do it, but did it anyway. Um Boye oh, Mafe. Uh first round first round. I think I think it's a shot. You know, that late first round is always kind of wild, those last couple picks. Um I, I mean I, I could see Kansas City. I know they're they're bringing back Frank Clark, but he's been disappointing. I could see them taking a shot uh, on Boye Mafe. Um, I think even, you know, maybe even a team like Detroit could could take it if they don't take an edge at number one overall. Like, I, I could see him sneaking in. I, I wouldn't guarantee it or anything. It's probably not likely still, but he's going to go top 50. Um, Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, maybe we could have toyed with Buffalo doing it before today, but probably not now. Yeah, true. Yeah, uh, Dwayne's weighing in on the Darian Kendrick uh, testing. Yeah, it's it's, it's not good. Not great. That's that's yeah. That's that's not. Um. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap up the pro day talk there. There's been plenty plenty of pro days uh, have gone on and a lot of lot of numbers there. So we're all factoring them in, Shane. We got our. Our own uh, personal spreadsheet we keep up with. I've been cranking, crank, inputting the data there, so we're uh, we're ready to go with that. We do have some questions uh, and comments on the old uh, Twitter and in chat here. So um, well, I guess when Kane was on, Bradley popped in. How about some Lions talk? We'll talk about the Lions here. Uh, 
it was a mock. I saw was it. I think it was the Athletic today put out a mock draft that was basically staff writers, and they had Detroit trading up to one with Jacksonville, just moving up one spot. I'm not sure what the cost would they, they didn't have a trade what they traded. I that I feel like that would cost a three at yeah. least to go up from two to one uh, to draft Aiden Hutchinson. Just wanted to lock him in. Is that uh that's something you, if you were the Lions, would you be okay with that? I think I'd, I'd ask the question, see what the price is. If it wasn't very expensive, sure. Um, you know, I'll give up a fourth round pick, future third. If let me get my guy, and you know, if you were torn or didn't want him, then you get a free pick, right? You can pose it that way, just to lock him up. I don't think it's a bad idea. And I think uh, a number two, let's say Hutchinson goes one. I actually think Kyle Hamilton now is on the board for them at two. I think that's a real possibility. Um, you know, is there an edge rusher worth taking if they don't like Kayvon Thibodeau? Do they need an offensive tackle? You know, if not, I think Kyle Hamilton's the next best next best thing. Safety is a need for them. Uh, Jeff Risen talked about that a lot when he was on with us a while back. So one of the most talented players in the draft. So it was not out of the realm, like you said, of possibility at all. A couple of uh, questions on Twitter. We'll start with uh, this one's definitely a you question here, Shane. So I'm, I'm going to uh, at flows 420. Brian Zukowski ask, where would a healthy Jamison Williams rank in? last year's uh, receiver class? That's a good question. I think there's two factors there, right? Last year's class and Jameson Williams' health, because I think if he had not been injured, I think we're talking about him as maybe we don't grade him as the number one receiver, but I think he would go as the top receiver, like, for sure. I would have had him as the number one receiver in his class before the injury. Yeah, okay. So um, I probably would – it's a good question. I don't know. I may maybe three, but um, you know what we talked about so close. I think he would have been the fourth receiver still in that class. I mean, I think Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith still um, are heads and tails above him. But I do think he'd be a step above Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Kadarius Tony. That that group. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds fair. Um, Last question here from at Liam66NFL. Which prospects have most helped their draft stock with their pro day performance uh, thus far? Anyone coming up that you think needs a good pro day? It's a good, it's a good question. Um, I'll say for guys coming up, I think, I think your boy Isaiah likely, uh, you know, he's definitely one that, I'm looking at like he, I think he needs a good pro day. I think Jalen Weidermeyer Kane talked about too. Like we, we need to see some numbers there. That's a class, you know, that tight end group is one that, um, that is important. Trey McBride too, for that factor, basically every tight end <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah. Got to, got to do something. Got to do something. Uh, as far as who has helped themselves, um, it's hard to really say because there hasn't been just just looking over my notes here from the first first few pro days not a whole lot of guys that stood out i guess the one name that stood out to me the most is kyron johnson from kansas uh had a really good pro day uh wasn't invited to the combine he backed up what was a eye-opening senior bowl uh performance for me uh from the from the Jayhawk product, uh, he uh, he had a, he's had a good pro day of four four forty for a um, linebacker defensive end prosper probably going to be a stand up linebacker but can can uh, hands down on the edge uh, on pass down so I think he's going to be drafted probably in the late mid to late day three area but he's had his pro day. Uh, helped him out because obviously he couldn't go to the combine to help himself out. So that's the guys that, you know, really needed every, all they can get here from these pro days. No, that's a good, that's a really good, uh, really good name. And I think I mentioned last week, Matt Henningsen, the defensive lineman from Wisconsin. 
Um, he had that before last week, but was one that really impressed me. And I, I don't know if I could fit him in my mock draft, but he's a guy that I think could go sixth, seventh rounds. Yeah, we, we've talked about it. It's a lot of players that aren't going to be drafted that uh, in a normal year would be. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's going to do it, Shane. Uh, final thoughts on tonight's podcast, final thoughts on free agency, final thoughts on what's coming up this week. We'll see where free agency goes. I think there's still some some things to fall. So my mock on Monday, I'm going to be – Burning the midnight oil Sunday night, uh, trying to get that ready. Uh, I'll probably prep everything and just start plugging in names, try to get those team team needs down. But uh, I'm doing a series of player comp prospect comps, uh, so comping these um, these players to prospects, basically going back to my past notes, see it what matches up from an athleticism, size, and scouting report perspective. So not saying anything about their NFL futures, but as prospects. Um, so we, uh, quarterback and running back released receiver and tight end is releasing tomorrow and I uh, should have offensive line on Sunday. So if, if you're into that and you want to know like uh, who, you know, who's a past prospect, this player could remind me of check it out. It's, it's good stuff. Those some of those quarterback and running back names brought back some memories. I'm not going to lie. Um, you went deep on, on some of those, uh, Shane. So it was good stuff. I, Everybody go back and read that. That's going to do it for tonight's podcast. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube and you've never watched this here before, uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, hit the notification bell. Like the videos. Uh, let's, let's, let's continue to grow this YouTube channel. Uh, it means a lot to us. And also help us continue to grow our audio version of this podcast. Uh, it'll go up on Podbean all, um, within 30 minutes of, of us going off the air. And then not long after that, it goes up on Apple and Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. And wherever that is, give us a five-star rating. Give us a good review. Help us grow uh, and expand our reach here as we uh, get closer to the NFL draft. We're, we're six weeks away. Uh, six weeks away, Shane. So it's, 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 it's getting wild. It's getting down to that nitty-gritty. We we're we're make, getting those final evaluations in uh, before the 2022 NFL draft. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter, at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter, at Draft Countdown. Until next time, everybody. Good night.